0: Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today is nobody, because I am not at home and Nulyana isn't here with me in the office, and I'm not in the new office, I say the new office, we've been there for two years. Um, but no, I actually got a call on Friday. Well, I didn't get a call. I got an email on Friday saying, hey, long shot, maybe you have to fly to New York to go to join the Queen Mary 2 cruise ship and, uh, and sail out of there and do some shows on board as a, and do your juggling shows. And I was like, oh, maybe. And then yes, within 24 hours I'd done all my COVID tests and, uh, gone out to the airport and, uh, was flying to New York and things like that. So, uh, very busy few days. Um, and uh, a lot of stress really really weirdly because it's been exactly uh, we looked it up the the last gig that i did i got home from the last gig although there wasn't a gig at the end of it um i did i was out in uh, Aus- uh, australia and new zealand and i was meant to be going to like fiji and places like that to work on three cruises this was in uh, in February and March of 2020, and uh, the second cruise, um, I didn't, I never actually got on that ship because of a worldwide pandemic was uh, beginning, and the ship that I was getting on was like w- making uh, headlines around the world for like being denied entry into a port. And I was like, hmm, and, you know, I was seeing it on television in New Zealand and thinking that I'm meant to be getting on that ship in two days time here in Wellington, and it didn't happen. And then after a few weeks, yeah, I was on the last flight out of Australia and New Zealand and uh, uh, and the second last flight out of Singapore before they closed the entire airport down. And it was a really eerie kind of experience having like the, you know, flying during a pandemic, which might seem like a bit of a diversion in this podcast. But if you've looked at the uh, title of this episode, you'll know, you'll know why I'm bringing that up. Oh, let's put it this way. Um, a worldwide pandemic and airplanes being diverted and uh, travel being disrupted is a little part of the book that I'm going to review today, which is Station Eleven by um, Emily St. John Mandel. Uh, before that, I, I did mention at the end of the last podcast, and I was talking to Juliana about it, that the next book that I was going to review was going to be... Um, let me look it up uh, The city we became by N. K. Jemison, but I was having issues with the audiobook. It was way overacted and then, uh, and then, at some point uh, it wasn 't just like someone was acting out a crazy person screaming from the top of a building in New York, but then it was overly produced as well because when a character started thinking to themselves suddenly there'll be like reverb in the background and they were like ah what is happening now well i'm thinking to myself and this reverb in the background indicates that this character is thinking to themselves i was like no the text of the novel does that and then even worse is that when the audio like when when something was happening in um like something spooky started happening then there was like spooky sound effects and beds in the background and then something strange was happening and some other sound effects and some music started coming in and i was like this is, i can't do this like for me an audiobook has to be, um, like, I want it to be as close to somebody reading out the text as possible. Now, it's very good when some characters, when some, like, uh, narrators will put different accents on different characters or do slightly different voices for different characters, just because then it's, you know, it's easier just to tell the characters apart. But I never want overacting, and I never want any production or sound effects or music beds or anything like that at all. It was pretty rough. Um, so I said to audible, I said, give me back my credit. And instead I got another book, which has been on my to read list for a very, very long time. This book, um, station 11 came out in 2014 and it's, I think it's been on my to read list, like on Goodreads since then. Like it's been a very highly rated book and it's never, and it's always been there, or maybe it's not been on my to read list, but I've been aware of it. I am like, Oh, one day I'll get to that book. And, uh, and now I have got to it partly because there was, um, uh, partly because it was just like the next book in my to-read list in terms of uh, readers uh, readers' rating. Like, Goodreads is like four-point-something uh, well-reviewed um, uh, by general readers on Goodreads. But also the Incomparable podcast, which I uh, sometimes allow to influence my reading schedule. Uh, they did an episode about it, but not about the book. Um, I started listening, and it turns out they were actually reviewing the... Uh, they were reviewing the... Um, uh, tv show there's been a, a mini series or some limited series run of uh, station 11 uh, on a channel which we don't get in germany and can't work out a way to pay for the to get the tv channel but i wanted to read the book before i got to the tv show anyway and so i did got the audiobook um a pretty good audiobook narrator let me quickly look it up here i've uh, got this here um narrated by kirsten potter who I don't recognise the name of, and I'm not connected to the internet at the moment. While well, we're at sea, I'm sailing from uh, New York down to Florida at some point, so I don't have internet at the moment. But I did open these some of these web pages earlier on. Um, so good, good narration by uh, Kirsten Potter. I got this on Audible. Spent an Audible credit on this one. Um, so the book is well. Here's the thing: most things that I've ever read about the book could be like wrapped up in this little. Uh, um, this blurb here said in the days this is the blurb from the goodreads blurb set in the days of civilizations collapsed station 11 tells the story of a hollywood star his would-be savior and a nomadic group of actors roaming the scattered outposts of the great lakes region risking everything for art and humanity now it feels like that if you read that, that would be it. It's the story of a Hollywood star, number one, his would-be saviour, to be honest, I don't even know what that means, and a nomadic group of actors roaming the scattered outposts of the Great Lakes region. And it should be, it, that is actually what it is. If you just read that, you'd be like, oh, so it's the story of a Hollywood star, and this, and some other stuff, you know, first, a story of a Hollywood star, and this other stuff, but most of the stuff that I've ever seen about this, like, I made some notes here about other reviews of friends of mine on Goodreads, like Tudor said, easily one of the best science fiction novels of 2014, and one of the best post-apocalyptic books I've read in the last five years. For me, it's hardly a post, I mean, there is some post-apocalyptic stuff in it, there's very little science fiction in it, but and then some uh, and and then his terp Christian says I feel like Sudden Plague End of the World was done better by Stephen King in The Stand and Interwoven Stories done significantly better by David Mitchell in Cloud Atlas. And I'm like, "Yes, The Sudden Plague End of the World was done better by Stephen King in The Stand because that is a book about a sudden plague and the end of the world." Um and yes, this book has got very many things in common, I think, with The Stand. Um, and it has got interwoven stories, which were done significantly better by David Mitchell and Cloud Atlas. I also think that too. But, you know, there's other people have always says, oh, this is a book about society's collapse after a flu-like pandemic. And review after review after review was saying, oh, this is about the pandemic and about the end of the world. And yes, it is about that. But you really have to believe the, the very first line of the blurb set in the days of civilization's collapse which it is. Station Eleven tells the story of a Hollywood star. That is what the book is about. It's a book which has some civilization collapse and does also feature a group of actors roaming the scattered outposts of the Great Lakes region, risking everything for hu- art and humanity. But those things are secondary to this being the story of a Hollywood star. And that this gets so, so far fixed into the world of science fiction and post-apocalyptic and apocalyptic and dystopia and you know it's about shakespeare and a group of people a plucky group of people going across you know 20 years after the pandemic and they're traveling around who was it the traveling symphony the orchestra as they called um and yes the, the, again that is in here but all of that we only ever follow characters who are connected to the hollywood star um people who were you know either related to him good friends with him connected to him via his hollywood connections who saw, who performed with him in a play or who featured in his life in some way you know wives and girlfriends and things um everything comes back to arthur leander who is this hollywood star It is a book about a Hollywood star, which if you... So I went into this thinking it was a book about, you know, uh, post-apocalyptic and Shakespeare and post-apocalypse. But... What sometimes happens is like, oh, and then this very, very important dramatic thing begins with these group of people, like someone is kidnapped or someone goes missing, and then they go out, and then other people get, and this is all like one chapter in the middle of the book, like fifty percent of the way through this, you know, ten-hour audio book, like hour five, they're like, oh, right, we're going to do this little bit here now with this, uh, you know, with this Shakespeare troupe, um, the, uh, the the the, the sim- was it the traveling orchestra, the symphony. Um, And then we cut away and literally four hours of audio book goes by where we're just catching up with Arthur Leander and his relationship with his wife and his relationship with his friend and other people and then we skip around here we go down there, we go down there. Four hours later we're like, oh yeah, let's check back in with this very dramatic storyline which was left hanging with the uh, symphony um, back in in them traveling around the Great Lakes region trying to perform Shakespeare and have with a show down with some cult uh, you know cult like prophet guy person um and i was like great but like if you think this is a story about (laughs) the shakespeare in the post-apocalypse and following those characters you're gonna be well i'm not saying you're gonna be disappointed but if felt so heavily weighted that this is the story about a washed up Hollywood, act, Hollywood actor and his life and his love life and his first wife and then his second wife and his son and then his third wife and then the latest fling that he has there and the people who worked with him and all that kind of stuff. That is, that is what the book is about. And it's right here in the very first blur. Station 11 tells the story of a Hollywood star dot 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 and something else. And so... Yeah, like me judging this book as a science fiction book or a post apocalyptic book feels disingenuous, but yet almost every single review and everything that I've ever read about this book is framing it as a post apocalyptic book about Shakespeare in the post apocalypse. And it just, and it, as I was going through, I was like, that isn't what this book is about. This book is about Hollywood. This book is about, um, actor this book is about this this guy aging and like leaving his wife and all that kind of stuff and sure there are some bits and again like cloud atlas there are that that, cloud atlas is a crazy book which is about all kinds of things but there are some post-apocalyptic things in that book um but there are only one chapter of six and so if you go into station 11 knowing that about for every one chapter of hey let's uh like the a nomadic group of actors roaming around the scattered outpost just remember that's about a quarter of the book the other three quarters of the book is you know well about you know another quarter of the book is the story of people going through the apocalypse and the plague coming down you see that story told from like two or three other points of view um some well done some less well done but you know it's, it's like three other people we get the end of the world from like three or four different people's points of views to there as well, and but yeah, again, a third of this novel is almost a completely about Arthur Leander, washed-up Hollywood star, how he got to where he's going, and how he's affected the lives of all the rest of them, which is fine. Now, here's the thing: right at the beginning of the book, really barely a spoiler here, because it's like also mentioned in the next little bit of the blurb here. Um, uh, once snowy night a famous hollywood actor slumps over and dies on stage during a production of king lear which is arthur leander so our main character of the book dies in the first chapter and that's why a lot of it is told in flashback to a lot of stuff that happens in his life beforehand and and how his life affects other ones so but he's playing king lear and it keeps coming back to king lear and the other characters know about king lear and i was like mm. and then i was it, i think i was maybe over analyzing because like oh right when is the lit-? like keep they keep referencing this really important you know literary masterpiece of William Shakespeare of King Lear and I was like, all right, so King Lear has got three daughters. He's going to, what's he going to leave to his three daughters and how is that going to work? And I was like, oh, well, and Arthur Leander, he has three wives and one of them, uh, Miranda, he gets called and sort of like, oh, I want you to have this. And she's like, Ian, they kind of have a, maybe a reconciliation. They have a meeting before they die. And and then another wife was like, mm, I want my summit to have. And then the third wife, huh, kind of left out of the story completely. And I'm like, oh, doing King Lear. And then it's sort of like, oh, we're, we're going to, you know, is oh sorry i just this, hit this table here with a watch um, and uh can't remember what I was saying like, um, what's going to happen with the, with the sons and they're going to marry off other people anyway so what I was trying to do I, all the way through I was like this is got the veneer this book has kind of got like this veneer of literary dick swinging by focusing so much about a character doing King Lear and setting up this thing so I'm like oh you know in King Lear I was thinking oh in King Lear so much of the action happens without King Lear there he goes off and he's like mad out on the heath away whatever. whatever and all the action is happening without him i was like that's kind of what happens here because he dies you know arthur leander and it's it's weird because when a a book like foregrounds a, a great literary work so much in the text of its own book it kind of sets me up to expect great like, attempts at literary dick swinging, which is fine. And, you know, as I've t- talked about in previous books, I enjoy that. I enjoy, like, someone going, "All oh, right, this book is... You may think it's about this, but actually it's about that. But it's not about that. It's actually about it, me commenting on Shakespeare or King Lear or whatever the books are going to be and, like, in, in, like, playing with those same themes. But as I was going on with this book, I couldn't find those themes in this book in a way which kind of, like, really i don't know that really was satisfying in the same way that i didn't find the book satisfying as a post-apocalyptic novel or even that much of apocalyptic novel because every story decision kept on coming back to what does this mean or how does this play into the these characters connection with arthur leander this actor guy and what he has in common with people um and i never really found arthur leander that interesting and then there's playing around with king lear i didn't find interesting station 11 is another literary work or another work of fiction inside the novel but i don't know what that is because it's a it's a um a comic book which has only ever been read by two people in in this world like there's only ever, like it's a, a a, a vanit this you know this comic station eleven is a vanity vanity project by somebody who isn't doing it for commercial gain. Prints out a few copies, gives them to Arthur Leander, and so I'm like, oh right, so only people who are close to Arthur Leander, have ever read this comic. But that means I've never read the comic. So when people are quoting from the comic, I don't know if they're quoting from the comic in the same way that I might, you know, know if a quote is coming from Shakespeare. And even though I've never really done much with Shakespeare or read much Shakespeare anyway, I mostly know it from, like, watching it, which means I've never learnt the lines, which means I I can only kind of get broad characters and storylines rather than specific quotes. But with a fictional comic book series or comic called Station Eleven or Doctor Eleven um i never i couldn't even get that like i couldn't even i, I can't even get so uh, one of the cruxes of the book it actually comes down to like oh this comic is actually going to be important and i was like yeah i've been waiting for this all the time in fact I, I mentioned this to juliana sort like, i of like i keep waiting for the real connection this kind of this this book is either going to be a three-star book or something's going to happen where everything's going to click and it's going to become a five-star book and And that was sort of like when I was three quarters of the way through. I was like, how is this all going to tie together in a way which is satisfying to me on a story level, on a character level, or on a literary level, or on a thematic level? And then it just never did click. There was like one more reveal, but you kind of see it coming miles and miles away. Because, as I said, every single... Every single story beat and every single character interaction has to come back to Arthur Leander, and if someone is connected to them, they're gonna they're gonna be survive. You know, there's gonna be some importance, which means. So the mathematics doesn't make out and i noticed that somebody else in their review here on Goodreads, one of my friends on goodreads mentioned this they say oh if 99.99 percent of people in the world dies but die by you know you know this pandemic how come so many of the survivors like all of these people who knew knew arthur leander not everybody survives but a lot of them survive and suddenly start meeting up with each other or interacting in important ways or having things in common in the 20 years after the apocalypse which again isn't bad it's not a bad thing but it does feel a little bit convenient and once you realize what's happening like as you can do halfway through the book like there's this character who only has one name i don't want to give it away but I'm like, oh, they keep not mentioning the the actual character's name here. This is actually done by quite a lot. For example, the the people in the um in the Traveling Symphony, the orchestra, the people in the orchestra take then take the, most of them take the names of the the uh of the instruments that they play. So there's eighth guitar and second violin and first cello or, you know, uh, or The conductor or director, you know, they just take on the name of their role there, which means that they're like very intentionally leaving behind their pre. Um, a pre-apocalyptic identity and just taking on their role in society as their title and as their role in society as being a musician, they just take on the name of the instrument. and And I liked this, but again, some of and this happens with some other characters. But I'm just like, it's. I kept on thinking, it's really obvious who this character is going to be or who this character could be. And then later on, when we get the airport scenes, I was like, yes, it's really obvious now who's this character and how this stuff is going to be interesting. So I liked that these things were tied together and were real but it just felt i don't know either in some ways obvious and unsatisfying now it feels like i'm just doing a lot of complaining up until now but i think i just went into this book with too high expert expectations as a lo- lots of storylines put together with interesting connections like cloud atlas it's just not as good as cloud atlas and it's not a Book uh, that is focused mostly on being science fiction or post-apocalypse. It's very light literary fiction with some sprinkling of post-apocalyptic stuff on top of it. The actual, I think, some of the best parts is the apocalypse part where a plague is coming across and people are like, "Oh, everyone around is dying. Society is collapsing." We see the same people on the news reporting on the news and like people being like, as as time goes on, like the people reading the news, like someone's been up for forty-eight hours in front of the camera trying to get the news and then the the news station's closed down and there's some really touching stuff there with especially Javen and his uh, and his brother Frank and I really enjoyed that section of the book, and also then the parts in the in the in the airport where uh, where the people fly to this airport, and then it 's set outside like oh there 's been a plague plane at this airport, nobody go to the airport, but nobody made it like they, i don 't think they even opened the doors of the plague plane so all of the planes that landed there, nobody had the pandemic or nobody had the um, the flu this um what was it Georgian flu. And who landed there. So everybody at this airport just survived because there were signs outside saying, oh, no, this is a plague airport. Nobody go there. So nobody goes there. But the people inside, you know, are all fine for a long time. You get hundreds of people all hanging out. They're going, oh, well, we're, we're here. I mean, the power's gone out, but we're here. The planes, no planes have landed, but we're still here. So there's actually a lot of really, I think, really good stuff in this book. But it's very much a short novella about post-apocalypse Shakespeare going around in the post-apocalypse plus a, a, a novella about the apocalypse plus a novella about Arthur Leander of course they're all mixed in together But I never found Arthur Leander as an actor that interesting as a person. I don't find Hollywood actors and their lives and they get together this person and then they break up with that person and then then they have another fling and then they marry that person. You know, all of that Hollywood stuff. I don't just don't care about. I like Hollywood movies. I like movies in general. I like good actors, actors who do a good job, all really great. I don't care about the lives of the rich and famous. Like, I don't care. And this book is asking me to care so much about Arthur Leander and the contacts that he have to the point where, they're like, this guy is the modern King Lear or, like, this guy is the last... of everybody to die before the pandemic this was like the last person to die before the pandemic this is the last guy who had his his uh, obituary written up in the new york times literally the last the last person to have their obituary in the new york times and i was like why this guy like he never felt genuine he never felt talented he never really felt amazing and i couldn't work out why everybody else seemed to be so smitten with him all the time except that he's you know a rich and powerful guy which is fine but i never it he never clicked with me as a main character in this book for the amount of time that we spend with him other characters yes kirsten i thought was very interesting javen i thought was more like kind of interesting but not a lot of Not a lot of character building, more so like character explaining in some of these. Um, Miranda, no, no, what is it? I'm gonna quickly look down here at the name. Um, Not Miranda. Oh yes, Miranda as well. I found kind of interesting, but not that interesting so uh yeah for a book which is which is based so much i even made a little note of this this book is about character building instead of world building and i'm thought well it's 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 character revealing because we like we've already seen how the character's have been built by the end like our arthur leander our main character because i don't know it's a bit tricky so um well, so I, I made one other note here because survival is insufficient. Apparently there's lots of Star Trek references but I have never seen Star Trek Voyager um, so I didn't get, I guess, the, the the Star Trek references except the ones that were explicitly saying oh, this is a Star Trek reference and that comes down to like why in a post-apocalypse are you spending so much time being musicians and actors? And I like the idea because survival is insufficient. Like we have to do more than just survive. We have to create art. We have to create life but it's just kind of taken as read oh like these people already have this written across their uh, their you know their wagons their covered wagons that they're carrying around this person already has it tattooed on them this person you know is saying that this is a very a, a specific statement it's not character building to just say oh because survival is insufficient and we never get really the story of how it came about you know how like we, we get some of the main details of the backstory filled in right at the very very end of the book so like oh yeah and if you're wondering how how this this came to be, you know how this came. You know this this orchestra met up with the, you know with this uh, Shakespeare company that were traveling around. They decided to get together and perform together. I was like, okay, great, but like, why is that in 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 chapter twenty eight of thirty chapters back then? some of this book i think like all of the or a lot of the post apocalyptic stuff might have been done better just being told in order however it then it's insufficient it's it's insignificant a lot of this is feels insignificant it ha- it relies on all of the back and forth storytelling so as a as a novel which is all back and forth storytelling it i found it kind of unsatisfying but i feel like i'm missing something with this book like am I trying to read too much into it? Am I not trying to read enough into it? If I connected with the characters, would I get more out of it? Because a lot of people have given this book five stars, but then a lot of people have also given it three stars and two stars. Um, i don 't mind about like some of the complaints that people have, like, oh it doesn't go enough into the details of like how do they get enough food when they 're out around in the in the post apocalypse like what are they doing then i'm like i don 't really care about that stuff because the book isn't asking me to care about this book. It seems to be asking me to care a lot about Arthur Leander, and I don't really care that much about him uh so uh I'm just actually quickly scrolling down through Goodreads here um. The writing is very good, though, and I think that's that. Like the individual stories and individual bits and pieces uh, is very is very good. But then some of the some of the stories seem to be wrapped up in a little bit too easy way. But I'm not sure. Again, I don't think I don't think there's enough weight on that. And the main story of Arthur Leander or the main character of Arthur Leander, we know how he his story ends. Uh, Or maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's King Lear and his story is about setting a dynasty and who continues after your death and can you control your will and make decisions for people from after you've died or left the stage. Again, maybe I'm trying to read too much into it there. But he does have three wives and he's wondering about what to leave to each of them and the third one seems to be discarded and not tied up and I'm like, when's the third wife going to come back? And then she never does. I'm not sure. Either way, maybe I'm reading too much into it and trying to find satisfaction in a way that doesn't exist. All right. Uh, What else do I have to say about this? I think... I know this is weird. I think I'd like to watch the TV show of this, and I think the TV show might be better than the book. Um, again, I didn't read the... Uh, uh, sorry, I didn't listen to the um, incomparable episode about it. And I haven't seen the TV show, and I haven't even read any reviews about it, but it feels like with this book as a... Um, as a source text, I think they could say, "All right, Arthur Leander, let's minimise him a lot more. Um, post-apocalyptic stuff, let's maximise that a lot more, and then you can still do the flashbacks in a way." Um, it kind of made me think of uh, of the TV show Lost, which I only ever actually watched the first season of, but that was a kind of, "All right, so we got all these group of people, then each episode one person gets a bit of a flashback." So I could totally see it working a bit like that, like, "Oh, now it's Javen's time to have his." flashback and now it's kirsten's time to have her flashback and now it's this other character's time that will you know we'll bring in clark and it'll be clark's turn to have his flashback and then this other person they can have their flashback and i think that would actually work pretty well as a tv show again having not seen it um that's that's how i would do it and i think it could get they could focus a lot more on the the people who you think should be the main characters rather than this washed up actor who i never really got to care about that much all right that's it i think i've said everything i want to say weird enough when i've actually made notes these podcasts get shorter and when juliana here isn't uh um isn't here let me just go through some other uh, some some uh, good reads reviews here as well um joshua rated it four stars he read it back in 2015 a very well written post-apocalyptic novel which unfortunately doesn't have m- too much new to add to the genre genre however i could still recommend it um Oh, this is the one that I read before. Uh, if you're into it's that, because this book is about character building instead of world building, which is itself a nice change of pace. There are a few things that I would nitpick about, but overall this book was pretty compelling and had a satisfactory ending. Yeah, I think it ends all right. Um, uh, Lizzie rated it four stars. Yes, I enjoyed this one. I liked the comic links. It was good to string the same people through the story like that. Uh, I, did, I, didn't, I didn't get the co- comic links because... Uh, I didn't know the book. I don't. I don't know the comic book. Um, uh, so Zivin rated it five stars. As apocalyptic fiction goes, there's nothing new about Station Eleven. We get to visit many of the usual fall of civilization tropes. However, as apocalyptic fiction goes, there's something different about Station Eleven. It's a higher literary level than your run of the mill apocalypse. And uh, yeah, I guess it's. I guess it is. It is at a higher literary level. But for me, that literary level it was either not high enough or it was, there was too much of it trying to be literary. I think just switching between viewpoints and going backwards and forwards in time, I always feel like that should be in service of something in the story or thematically or something, you know. I always feel like there's, when you do that in a book, you can reveal more about the characters than could be done otherwise by going, alright this character here is doing this thing in this time and then in a different time, another character is doing another thing, but there's, there's a link between the two of them, between what they're doing what they're thinking something going on which reveals more about each one of them than each one of those stories combined or in- individually when you combine them there's more stuff going on with individually just seeing one story and then seeing another story. And I think that's what every single time I've read a book which does this, or even books that I've written which do this, every single time it feels like that stuff is added by switching between different characters and different times and referencing backwards and forwards. And it felt like this book, Station Eleven, felt like things were being obscured until they were revealed. But it was, it was just like this, plus this, plus this. Oh, and this as well. Oh, and plus that. And they never multiplied together to bring out more in combination than they did individually. And I think that's the main thing that missed for me i never felt that multiplication of qualities and multiplication of themes and multiplication of of tension and interest and you know excitement that comes from switching between things it just felt like plodding or just more of this which again isn't to say it's bad and what there is here is good and i'm going to give it three stars for the good writing and the interesting that what there is apocalyptic and what there is post-apocalyptic is all good But I never really felt spending so much time on the life and various wives. uh, Well, not the various wives, but just sort of like what it's like to be a Hollywood actor and like have a wife for a few years and then just move on to the next wife and then just move on to the next. I never felt that really brought anything to the post-apocalypse in any way at all. Um, But who knows? Other people obviously disagree because they give it five stars. So maybe people got more out of it. Actually, now that is all I'm going to say about this. I just want to say thank you very much to all the listeners. Uh, and also thank you very much to all our Patreon support. Or my Patreon. Juliana's is not here. So all the Patreon supporters who support the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast um, have done so for the last two years. It's been a f- massive financial help between two years ago when I had my last um, work gig working on a cruise ship uh, until t- now when i've had my next uh, gig working on a cruise ship two years without regular income it has been a huge amount of time and stress and other stuff and i just want to say thank you to all of my uh, patreon supporters all our patreon supporters because you've really f- helped out fantastically well financially for the last two years i'm not to say that i don't need the patreon support anymore because again i don't know when my next gig is i have literally nothing lined up in my diary um, money wise so if you want to keep the, uh, keep the lights on back at, uh, SFBRP towers. Um, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. Any little amount helps. You do get some bonus content. We do juggling podcasts because the Patreon, to be honest, is mostly for juggling people. Um, but I'm very, again, very thankful for all science fiction book review podcast listeners who've supported us there as well. Um, so uh, check out that, uh, uh, what's that? Patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. you can also uh, check out uh, science fiction book review podcast at sfbrp.com uh, and there you can check out the episode lists and other things uh, bits and pieces information but mostly the episode list so if you're w- wondering um uh what i've ever thought of a book every single book that i've reviewed almost what 500 episodes what are we up to now 400 and Eighty something episodes. You can see every single book that I reviewed, listings of them, links to the blog post, links to the thing, uh, you know, the um, the uh, files to download. Uh, you can check out, um, you know, them. You can order them by star rating and author and all that kind of stuff. So I would suggest going over to sfbrp.com, clicking on episode lists there, um, and I think that's it. Follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burridge. Email me Luke at juggler and uh, also on Instagram as well at luke bowage there too and uh for the next episode i might be home already um the next book i was going to review was i was going to actually catch up with the third book um because it's <laughs> three years since i started reading this warhammer series uh called um oh i can't even remember what the book's called anyway i started downloading the the third book in this uh in this uh uh Warhammer series that was recommended to me and uh I messed up the download and then got on a cruise ship and haven't had internet so I haven't been doing that but I had, did have another audiobook just sitting there in my player uh, from the Audible free library which is Planet of the Apes by whoever wrote the novel Planet of the Apes so I, I've never read that before so it's fun to read some French science fiction in translation um and so that might be the next episode so uh one of one of those two books I'll get to in a, in an upcoming episode uh, otherwise, that's it from me. Thanks a lot for listening, and I'll catch you next time.